Hey everyone, welcome back to Well Then, a podcast where we talk about all things wellness and putting your health first. I'm your host, Megan Scherer. Today's guest is Roxy Goreshi, a sound healer, Reiki master, and the founder and creator of Ceremony Meditation, located in the heart of Venice Beach. This center was created to bring healing, wellness, sacred ceremonies, rituals, and conscious community together to connect like-minded individuals on this journey called life. Roxy facilitates teacher training programs, retreats, and workshops to share these ancient teaching methods in order to activate souls to step into their highest potential and to help others find alignment with their purpose. Her mission is to spread meditation, daily practice, and ritual, and the sacredness behind ceremonies to all and bring awareness on the numerous benefits of self-healing and empowerment that come with daily practice. And I've had the honor not only of experiencing and taking many meditation classes at Roxy's Space Ceremony Meditation in Venice, but I've also had the honor of teaching there. And so now I am so honored to bring her on the show today for all of you to hear from. And stay tuned till the very end because we have an extra special treat for you guys. All right. Hi, Roxy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to dive into conversation with you. Um, you know, not only does your background and your business and everything you've built with ceremony inspire me, um, but I, I really had such a special experience and time when I got to teach there. And anytime I've had the opportunity of taking a class there has been so special. So I'm really excited for you to share more about your, your journey today. Oh, thank you. That uh, resonates so deeply in my heart. And it's just beautiful to witness the community that has come together from the studio. Yeah, that really is, I mean, such a special element to what you guys do. And I'm excited to explore that more. So yeah, I'm really excited to dive into all of that. But first, I would love to hear a little bit more about your background. I know that you used to own an escrow company before moving into the wellness industry, which um, obviously those are two very different industries. So what did that transition look like for you? And what inspired it in the first place? So that transition looked like that year that I went through, um, you know, letting go of my business, um, my, you know, beloved, my fiance and I, um, we did ayahuasca, we did plant medicine, and we went through our own Reiki training process within, you know, six months. So, um, you know, that really, like, you know, they say, if you're not in alignment with your path and your purpose, um, it's going to definitely direct you in that direction. And I went through a series of events that led me to sell the business. And it wasn't until I sold the business that I realized how unfulfilling it was for me. Um, you know, that, you know, Travis and I just were speaking about what we, you know, our practice and, you know, what we love about it and really what was, you know, Back then, three years ago, yes, there's so many yoga studios, but there was not that many meditation studios. But we felt what was missing in the wellness industry was, you know, in, in infusing the energetic component of the energetic cleansing, but also, um, you know, sacred ceremony, ritual, and really the ceremony behind practice. And that's what inspired ceremony meditation. And it went from just talking about an idea to, 
starting to look at buildings and you know they say when your stars are aligned everything ha happens very quickly it was definitely not in the roadmap that i could see that i was selling the business to open up a wellness studio because i was still doing that and um we looked at a building and uh you know because both of our background is real estate travis commercial real estate and myself escrow the first building we looked at travis's client just purchased a couple months before and it was in the heart of Venice Beach on Rose Street, across from Cafe Gratitude. And I've always interior designed for fun because that's my creative outlet. And, you know, when I saw the place, I just like, it, it was almost like something from a past life came through that I just envisioned like a big ohm, a, you know, a big ohm wall, a big 10 foot Buddha statue. And I, saw quickly the design of how I could create something so magical so we signed the late lease and I was like oh dear we need to uh, put a bit of business plan and start something really quick but that was by my second nature so easy to do um, you know running a business since the age of 27 I opened up my escrow company at the age of 27 so uh, not to say the road was easy or I, I wish we could have planned things differently but again that's when you have to trust and surrender to know that not everything is according to your plan and just to allow and you know go with it when some things line up the way you know that opportunity lined up for us hmm. yeah isn't it so incredible how things really do align and just start to fall into place once you make a decision the universe oh, is like yes here you go <laughs> yes and it's totally you know it's one of those things of like you know, being a teacher, and as I'm sure you know, it's like that ever quest of being a student, but my teaching comes from a lot of having executive, um, like mentorship, but also mentors that are spirit, like very spiritual, but it's one of those of like, in you know, and I've always been spiritual for a very long time, but we're operating off of a different set of principles and rules, right? So it's not like thinking that you have to have the plan or that everything has to be in order or be so perfect. You know, I used to be the biggest perfectionist OCD, like, you know, and not to say I still don't have those qualities, but I don't let those things bother me if they're not as perfect as I think things should be. And I accept things as they are. And that has been a very, um, a big gift and a treat to me to be able to transition out of that industry and, and really step into this one and step into my role as a teacher, as a healer, as a leader. And, you know, you don't feel that you are working when it's like truly your heart's desire and your deepest passion. So um, yeah. I'm honored to be able to do this every day. And I mean, your story is such a great testament to what can happen when you release attachment to the way that you think it's supposed to look. I think that everybody has these ideals and visions and plans for what their life is going to look like. And you may not have ever thought you would have been Never. You know, a that healer or a teacher or yeah, in wellness and look at your life now. Like, and you know, it's because you said yes. Yeah. And that's the thing of like, I'm all for, you know, setting goals and whatnot, but sometimes it's better. Like, you know, show me, like bring opportunities to me that are in my highest and greater good in alignment with my purpose because if you're not listening to the signs and you're not in alignment with what you came here to do knowing that we all chose to come back here we have a soul you know contract that we chose to come back at this time if you're not in alignment the universe is going to send you little signs and little signs and if you don't listen a huge wrecking ball is going to come through your living room so mind you while that happened that year that i went through 
you know, unwinding and dissolving my business, I also got into the practice of Kabbalah. And Kabbalah taught me, you know, when things look, quote unquote, challenging, because it really helps you to remove those titles that society has taught us to believe that this is great and this is bad. It just said, okay, look at something of what society would perceive as challenging. And when you can recognize it's a blessing and there's a blessing coming your way, if you can remove your attachment to your emotion or getting upset or thing, then the blessing comes much quicker. Mm. So like you said, you know, it was never in my plans, but I was so a plan driven person that, you know, this had to happen to clear out the slate for me and put me in a new direction. And it was during that time that I feel like I went down a spiritual rabbit hole of like 10 years or 20 years in just one year. That's why, mm. you know, as you know, no time, no space, no limit, but um, it, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful dance, you know, not to say don't have goals, but also check in with yourself of like, is this my highest excitement? Is this what I'm here to do? And I, I just feel uh, the, the rabbit race and, you know, everyone caught up in business and the go, go, go lifestyle. A lot of people are disconnected from their heart. They're more in their head, their logical side. And, you know, I can say that I was in that place too, because I was just buried in work. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, you're right. It's so common that people just aren't asking themselves those questions. Like, right. does this fill my heart up? And if not, what does? And what, what yes. can I change? And now, so I feel that people are asking those questions. And I feel as teachers, we go through the stuff first so that <laughs> we can be able to hold space for others to do the same, you know? And, you know, I've shared my story in classes and teachings, and I feel that people like to see, you know, that's what inspired me to start my podcast of the journey of awakening, because that looks like people transitioning out of jobs they've gotten MBAs in or things that, you know, it's usually the height of the career that the universe yeah. like wants to pull you out. So it's like that choice of like knowing that you can recreate that financial stability in a new industry, it, but now you're operating you know, on a new set of principles, not a new set of principles, but really applying the principles that you hopefully know or, or are learning to know, like, you know, that, you know, um, just the energy of how things work. Right. Which you're so right. That, that does happen so often that it's like at the height of that career or whatever that, that m milestone is in your life that you're kind mm -hmm. of confronted with and asked to make these decisions, which yeah. I think the hardest part for people is, is that loss of identity. Like you've identified yourself yes. so much as being one particular thing. So how do you like now shift that? And like, it really forces you to look at who are you besides just the labels that you've identified yourself by. Yeah. And you know, I think people really need to understand we go rebirth maybe several times in our life and you know mother earth has her seasons the moon has her cycles the ocean has the tides if we can understand the cycles then we understand when we're going through a contraction it's because it's leading for us to expand so yeah. you know it's understanding that rebirth and a lot of people are um, tied their identity is tied to what they do and this is just so far from what's real 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you mentioned kind of the cycles of things. I know that that's one thing that you guys um, focus on a lot at ceremony. You have um, new moon and full moon rituals and classes and sound baths and meditations. So can you dive into a little bit for people who may, might be unfamiliar with that, like how they can get in tune with the natural cycles of, of the universe and the planets and their own life and seasons and, and why that's beneficial? Yeah, so, you know, we do moon circles and why, you know, it's so powerful to do rituals and circles is one when we hold this container together as a group, we're also amplifying each other's intentions, but also when you know, astrologically, what's going on with the moon, then, you know, you start to feel the energies because if the moon controls the tides, you know, the the ocean or Mother Earth is what, 80% water. Um, you know, our body is also mostly con- comprised of water. So if it's affecting the tides, it's going to affect us as well. So when you can know what's going on energetically, then you can, you know, start to see every, you know, I mean, I'm not an astrologer by no way, shape or form. Um, but, you know, I, I do understand how energy works and I understand how to, um, like, how to create ritual and ceremonies around it and allow yourself to, you know, when you set intentions under a full moon or a new moon, you're, you know, it's a powerful thing to write your intentions down. And, um, you know, a lot of emotions may come up for you at that time, just because of what's happening, you know, astrologically. So it's, it's a time to really tune in with yourself to, um, and, and I always want to say we're constantly shedding old layers of us, you know, a snake shedding its skin. You don't see a snake once it's shed its skin, hold its, its skin. It's like humans are the only ones that want to hold their old skin like baggage. So it's just that constant like shedding and shedding to allow for expansion. And that's why it's so powerful. The practice of meditation, the practice of a ritual of ceremony is really, you know, in, um, to, in, in meditation and Tibetan means reflection of self. So what you're really doing is going within to reflect self, to really ha- allow things that are in your subconscious to come into your conscious. And, and you really, you can start to see like, are your thoughts positive thoughts or are they negative? And you, we're here to rewrite those stories and to bring up old things, like understand our generation is cutting off like all the ancestral lineage, seven generations back, so that we can bring birth to our children, like free of these, you know, old patterns. So that's why I just find so powerful with this meditation or, you know, moon ceremonies. It's allowing people to really um, shed old parts of them and step more into their power. And the more you step into the power, the more you become the co-creator of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, I mean, there's so much that I love of what you just shared. And one thing in particular is for people who this is really new for them, and maybe they've, they consider like energy and rituals and astrology to be like out there or different or like woo woo. It is, it's a scientific fact that, you know, the, the moon controls the tide and and our planet is mostly water and our bodies are mostly water so it's it's scientifically proven that the moon cycles have an impact on our 
bodies and our physiology and our emotions just as it does the water on the planet. So I love creating those like jumping off points or jumping in points rather for people who this is new for them exploring this this whole other world of themselves and, and the energetic level of themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, I always like, cause I, I do sound healing and I always like share with the class of like, you know, Nikola Tesla says, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of frequency, vibration, and energy. So people are really starting to open their eyes of like, oh, you're not just paying crystal sound bowls. This is moving something in me. You know, people have told me I felt like someone was walking on me. I feel pressure. I felt a release. Like, you know, energy is real. And, you know, we're such a science-driven society. Now I feel it's shifting. But people are so, like, they have to see the facts and the numbers. But, um, you know, energy doesn't lie. (laughs) And it's real. And it's just, um, you know, when you really want to tune into your body and your chakra system and energy, it's, you know, when we have any blockages in our energetic system, you know, disease forms. And that's disharmony, really. So I feel that what it's, it's beautiful to see the collective really opening up and awakening to um, understanding themselves and understanding energy that we're just not our physical bodies. So I, I find that people are, are starting to um, dive into that more. Yeah. And I mean, that is such a beautiful part about what you've created at Ceremony Meditation is that it it's a physical space of coming together for that, that exact intention so that people can explore this in community and, you know, not just by themselves at home. Um, So was that part of your vision behind ceremony or what, what else were you kind of envisioning when you, when you built this space? I mean, the vision really was, you know, your vision's always going to change when you're guided by spirit. It's, you know, you're, I always say, people say, thank you for creating this. And I really just share like, uh, thank you. You know, I was just the vessel that ceremony that spirit decided to work through me um, because, you know, running a business and creating one is, is challenging. Um, and I feel that my other business was like training ground for this because, you know, even real estate escrow is so tedious. Like this was a very um, tedious business to open. Um, and that, that's what we wanted to share of like when we went through our, you know, my fiance and I went through our Reiki activations of, you know, it brought up a lot of stuff for us to heal on an energetic level. And, you know, a lot of times we're here, um, you know, you could be the best person, but you're dealing with stuff from either past lifetimes or that have been passed down from your parents. And we wanted to just bring these teachings that are quote unquote woo woo and, um, you know, share with people that meditation is tied to, you know, energy and, and what the findings of that are. And I guess I diverted from your question because um, the vision just always changed. Like I never planned on having the boutique um, that just happened on, on accident, you know, um, and but really the vision was to bring in community to share this practice because just my myself of like my background in real estate you know, I never had, as my frequency started raising, I started attracting people that were more spiritual, but it's a lonely path when you're spiritual and you're into the stuff and the people around you are not, you know, you don't really speak about it. You don't talk about it. You keep it to yourself. So I think in creating, um, ceremony meditation, what 
was created is what we were seeking um, when we went through our process and that that journey of awakening and really um, knowing that you know everyone goes through it at a different time, but it 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 helps so much when you have community there and when you have a practice. Um, and that's what I feel was created was just the magic of community ritual ceremony and I mean it's all magic (laughs) it is yeah and I mean and at the end of the day when you bring together people who share this common intention um, and vision that that creates magic in itself but you guys have created such a beautiful space on top of that to do that and I know it's really purposeful and intentional too so can you explain a little bit more about the the zen garden and where yeah like how you drew inspiration for that and and what it facilitates for people. Yes, so the Zen garden was just creative, knowing we had to redo the whole back. And we were, you know, Travis and I wanted to create something that was, you know, that you just feel different walking in. And, um, you know, my beloved is very funny, but he used to always start off his sentences with, so I watched his show on Gaim, and I used to <laughs> always make fun of him until we went to create this, that, um, you know, we watched some documentaries about creating sacred sites and the energy of it. And there's certain things. I mean, there's a whole um, science behind it, but we wanted to create everything that was very intentional. So this, you know, it's a, there's a sand garden that now has grass over it, but that is white diamond sh- sand imported from Mount Shasta because it's highly alkaline. And we have green adventurings going all um, around the space, all placed in sacred geometry. Um, and we have 108 ohms on the wall. And as you know, 108 is the vibration of creation when you're doing, a, you know, a mantra you say it 108 times the distance from the center of the earth is 108 it's as you know it's a very powerful number um the buddha is you know we had we had a i believe freddie silva um you know travis created a grid and he we had him he studies sacred sites and lands and all that stuff so he um redid our um our outline and our um, blueprint whatever you want to call it to really um, make sure that everything was in alignment and the the buddha you know at the fall equinox the buddha is li- um, lining up directly to the position of the moon so everything was done very intentional with purpose to really create that essence of when you walk into the space the same feeling you would get if you you know went into a temple or you went into a sacred site or you went into like the pyramids, you know, you, you, you pick up frequencies, you, you get recharged when you go to this place because they hold, you know, that energy. So that was the intention that we were looking to create when we created um, the garden is a place where people can come practice, but also just feel the energy, you know, and everyone always comes in like, gosh, I just feel better. I just walked in. I haven't even meditated yet. And, um, you know, once we share the story, they like, it blows their mind. So yeah, that was the intention behind it. And it's just, it's been very beautiful to create that. And, um, you know, even just the bamboos, like I had one girl walk in and she just started crying and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, this just reminds me of a temple that I, I saw in like in Thailand and it just Mm -hmm. took her back to that moment. So it's 
I love that. Mm-hmm. It, it's so true. I mean, it's such a beautiful and special space and you walk back there and instantly you're just overcome with this, this piece and it's really beautiful. So for people who don't have the pleasure of living near Venice or Los Angeles, how can people kind of create that sense of sacredness in their own home? So I will say just creating your own sacred, you know, sacred space. So whether it's you have a meditation practice or not, you know, um, it's something that you can slowly start to develop. You don't think that you have to go start meditating for an hour, but even if you start for five minutes, but creating like a little altar area with, um, I just like to include the four elements, you know, air, fire, water, and earth. So I like to create my altar space with those elements on there and just anything that is sacred or special to you. Don't feel that you have to run to a crystal store and buy a bunch of crystals or get a bunch of sage or whatever, you know, work with whatever you have in your, in your house mm-hmm. and create a space that is special to you. And it's a place that you can always go reconnect with. So, um, you know, I always think of it as you're, you're connecting back with your higher self to replenish. So um, just creating a space and, and incorporating a practice if you don't have it. You know, there, there's no place to hold judgment or feel that you have to do everything at once. Go at your own speed, but definitely creating a space that is special to you and to be used um, to honor, you know, ancestors and honor any deities like, you know, whether it's a Buddha statue or a Lakshmi or, you know, anything that, that feels special to you, everyone's sacred space is going to look completely different. So it's just honoring what feels nice to your heart. I love that. And I love including the the four elements as well. Yeah, totally. What are some of your favorite examples for people of, of the four elements that they could include in their altar space or sacred space? Oh yeah. So, um, so I always like, um, I, I place my, ultra towards the east because that's the that's air that's springtime new beginnings it's like where things flow in so again if you you can't put this little table or your space towards the east don't worry every direction you know signifies something but um i place um you can get a cup now i'm gonna get real specific <laughs> get the compass <laughs> out and um I just, uh, on the east where it's element of air, I'll put wind chimes, I'll put a bell, I'll put um, maybe a little sound bulk, so that represents the air. The south is going to be fire, so I'll put a candle um, in the south. The west represents the water, water is for purifying us, for cleansing us. Um, You can put a glass of water there. Um, I would use ocean water, lake water, or water that's been charged under full moon. So um, it's just special water. And then the north is Mother Earth. I like bringing my, um, you know, my altar flowers every week. So, you know, Mother Earth represents allowing us to ground in, to root down. Um, You know, the more rooted we are, the the taller we can rise. So um, I I like to do an offering of flowers. I mean, anything will do. Bamboos, cactus, if you don't have a green thumb, cactus are perfect, you know. Um, but definitely I can tell like, um, an energy of the room. I like to use white roses cause white, white is a very pure color, but if flowers are dying quick, quickly, I could tell the energy of the room is not clear. So, mm. um, 
uh, you know, I can always gauge the energy. Or if you're lighting sage and it just like burns up, you know, let it burn out in the shell because what it's doing is clearing the energy of the room. So, um, and yeah, having incense is great on your altar, having sage or palo santo, you know, it is a sacred space and it is your space. So clearing the energy of your room, maybe like once a week, you know, understand like we're around so many people and we pick up energy from people just even passing by. You know, I remember I got a healing this before I was even into this stuff with, with my healer and she did a ritual with eggs and she was like, Roxy, I've only met one other person that needed this healing as bad as you do this clearing because I wasn't doing, I was in real estate. I mean, now I'm like missed energy clear, you know, but I didn't know how to like, use sage or clear my energy and um now now i'm conscious of you know taking my epsom salt baths and you know clearing energy and clearing spaces and having certain stones but that's a whole nother alchemy of science behind it but just starting with the basic you know yeah so and i love that's a great point you know i didn't think about that that for some people like this could be really new they have no idea how to sage a space or cleanse a space and you can go from being somebody who has no clue how to do that to being you know where you're at now and having all these rituals um to support your your well-being and your energy right yeah one thing I love that you guys used to do, I don't know if you still do this, but the anointing of the candles that you guys had in your oh, shop. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. that was so special. You would, you know, include um, dried flower petals and different, um, different like incense and little elements that just supported whatever intention the person wanted to set for their candle. And whenever yes. I got one, it just made it feel so much more special. Oh, that's it's so sweet. Yeah. There's a ritual behind it. And actually I've just evolved my candle line to natural coconut wax and natural wick. Um, and it's called the ritual collection, but you know, there's a, you know, there's candle magic has been used for hundreds of years. And, um, you know, when we're, you know, those are anointed with different oils, different herbs and crystals, because every, you know, herb and, you know, everything has a different um, energy behind it. So those were all very anointed, very intentional. Um, and you know, it's powerful. I love to use them in our moon rituals because that's another way of setting your intentions, writing it down, speaking your intention into the candles because the fire is, you know, the bridge between the worlds. So when we're lighting the candle and speaking our intentions to it, we're really sending our intentions out into the ether and over the course of the, you know, five to seven days, um, you know, it carries that intention out. Again, not to say you can't light the candle on a full moon or new moon, but it um, really, it's really your intention, you know, but a candle is also a good way to keep that intention burning. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So something else that you've mentioned a few times that I'm really excited for you to dive into is Reiki. Um, People listening may or may not be familiar with it. So I would love for you to give a little overview of first, like, what is Reiki? What can somebody expect yeah. from a Reiki healing session? And, um, you know, how do you, how do you send and receive Reiki energy? Yes. So, um, you know, we're all born with the ability to heal, you know, and to be connected to the divine, but as children, we're not taught how to do this. So Reiki is a Japanese technique that, um, allows you to really tap into 
um, being the bridge between, you know, the divine and this earth plane. So going through the, you know, it's called Reiki, um, Reiki attunement or Reiki ignition, because um, you're really getting ignited by a practitioner that has gone through their own purification process. And when I say purification process, it's because, uh, and I think that I mentioned this before, is we're here to really peel off the layers of us that are not serving us. And we're here to clear off any um, energy, whether it's karmic or, you know, past lives or anything like that. And what this, um, you know, when you go through the Reiki one process does, it starts doing that energetic purification. So um, becoming a Reiki practitioner, whether you want to be a healer or not, or you want to just do it for your own well-being, it allows you to really um, work on yourself on an energetic level to heal, uh, repair any damages in your chakra system. When I say damages, any holes, whether it's an overactive chakra or underactive chakra. And why I'm speaking about chakras so much is because really if you want to, Western medicine, um, really is treating the symptoms of any disease with medicine. It's not getting to the root cause of what caused that ailment. So when you're looking at healing from that perspective, then you know that's where you get into your chakras and every chakra represents something different. So becoming a Reiki practitioner um, really allows you to step into your role as a healer, but really step into your role and into your power. That's what I like to look at it because I opened up this gift in me when I was in my real estate career. Never in my wildest dreams would I have thought this is what I'm doing, but that's what I was supposed to do because if you're not in alignment with your path and your purpose, and you have no clue what that is, and that's totally okay. Like this, this process will help get you on the right path and um i always like to share that because i'm like i don't know if i was told that by my teacher that if i was not in alignment that like it would like really put me on that track and i did it so quickly because i'm just like sagittarius sagittarius and you know i'm very like let's do this you know and i did it all so quickly so it was like whoa everything came up at the same time um but really that's what being a reiki practitioner is is allowing yourself to tap into that ability to be um your own healer you know when you go see a healer they're not healing you they're holding that space for you to do your own healing you know as we all are our own healers but we like to rely on other people to do that. Not to say don't go see a healer or don't go see that. We're all here to learn, you know, from each other. But really when what a healer is doing is holding space, um, you know, as a connection to the divine, to con connection to universal consciousness, um, you know, prana energy. That's what, you know, that's what Reiki means. It's life force energy. Yeah, so thank you connecting for to that. that. Yeah, yeah I think it's so important for people to remember that like we are all our own best healers and yeah. other people are can be guides and facilitators to like you said hold space and give you access to deeper levels of healing but ultimately like you're the one you're the one yeah. doing the work you're the one who yeah. has access to healing yourself yeah so with like Reiki um, Reiki attunements and, and mm -hmm. Reiki energy, can that be done like from anywhere? Can you talk about distance Reiki? Yes. Um, you know, you, 
we, we are connected beyond these realms that what we can see. So yes, with Reiki energy, you can do distance healing, um, you know, healing on the planet, healing on other people. Um, you know, in Reiki too, you get different symbols. Um, but again, it's the power of your intention. If you're intending to send healing to someone, you could send healing to them. What Reiki and, you know, the practice of the course teaches you is how to work with them by using their picture or how to use different things. Um, so it gives you a step-by-step, -step, you know, you know, process. But again, Reiki is also known to open up your third eye very profoundly. I have, I've had several of my students become very psychic after their attunement. Mm. So, um, you know, it's just allowing that, allowing that knowing and knowing that, that our connection is, you know, we're connected as one collective collective consciousness. Like what you're seeing in the world is really a, a reflection of what's going on inside of people's like mind, you know, in, inside their system. So right. It's that, all just that mirror. Yeah. It's that mirror. And, you know, this is all happening for, you know, the change of the planet and raising the vibration of consciousness and evolving past these like limiting thoughts that we are these bodies and that we, you know, we are purely magical. And there's so many untapped gifts that people are now tapping into. But that's why I like, um, what, that's why I loved, you know, going through this Reiki process. And that's why I love doing ritual and ceremony and magic is really, we all have the ability to do magic. And I feel that magic has had such a bad connotation. But really what a, a witch is, is a healer. So it's really tapping into that, you know, power that we each hold within. Right. And I love, I love that you point that out. Like everybody has that within them. It's not that some people are magical and some people yeah. aren't like it's, it's just this universal energy that we all have the choice if we want to tap into or not. Yeah. You know, and with tapping into that comes a lot of self-reflection, you know, when I went through, you know, that year of transitioning, going through my Reiki two minutes and ayahuasca, I did like Kabbalah and Kabbalah was all about that inner reflection. And if you want to have a shift in your life, that is going to happen by looking within. It's not the person outside of you. It's not your spouse or your parents or, you know, I can, the list can go on. It's really just looking within and making those adjustments within just knowing that we always think we have to take big, big bounds and big leaps in life. It's really the small shifts make big changes. And once we can, again, like when I say understand the principles of energy, this is one of them. Like when you know that you can make small shifts and small changes in your life to make big shifts, then you're stopped seeking for like, Oh my God, I have to move across country to like make a shift in my life. Even though that's great. If you do, if that's what you're feeling the call, but really allowing yourself to feel your way of what feels right and really do the work within. Yeah. And that creates so much more room and space for flexibility too, that like you said, as much as we shed layers multiple times throughout our life, our, mm -hmm. our practices and our rituals will probably look different many times throughout our life, depending on the exactly. phase or season that we're in. Oh, I mean, ever evolving, you know, I'm leading a nine month, a co-leading a nine month teacher training program. And it's so beautiful to 
hold space for, you know, we're halfway through the program. But, you know, when I started, I was just so drawn to Reiki. I was like raking everyone, putting crystals on them, doing all this stuff. And, you know, and I feel because I was so drawn to that, I put, you know, Reiki in everything. I have a Reiki infused jewelry line. I do Reiki infused like candles. You know, I do Reiki baths. Like everything was just Reiki. And then I love sound bowls. And so then that's like Reiki infused sound healing and Reiki infused like moon ceremonies. And then now my style is also evolving. So it's just like allowing yourself to always evolve and change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know you're a relatively new mom now too. And yes. so how has your spiritual practice changed since having a little babe in your life? Oh, you know, the, I love her. Her name is Satara, you know, oh. which means um, Satara means star and mm-hmm. really um, fate and Farsi. And um, it's really allowed me to, you know, you go through this rites of passage, and I guess I never really understood it till I became a mother. But uh, you're really like, uh, so my question, let me go back to my question. I could talk about Star forever. But your, my practice changed a lot, you know, because from being very routine and twice a day, you know, my meditation is not always... Um, like I can't, I don't have time to do it every morning or my meditations like now walks on the beach, but it's allowing yourself as, as a mother, you just realize again, it's more uh, unwinding and letting go of your plans. Like I, as much as I plan things when, you know, something happens, you just learn to flow more. And that's what, you know, being a mother has taught me to like surrender and knowing that, um, if I have 10 things on my to-do list and I get through one a day, I've accomplished something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those little wins. <laughs> right? They're actually the big wins. Yeah, but it's been a beautiful gift. And I mean, uh, every mother that I know, and, and it's really attracted a mother community to me. And they're just so selfless and unconditional. I mean, I feel that we all in our heart are, but there's something about motherhood that like really allows you to like tap into your heart and like feel like you've never felt before. Mm, that's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So I know that you have um, an upcoming retreat next year. You've got a podcast of your own. Um, we've talked, you know, a lot about ceremony, meditation, your space in Venice. Um, mm-hmm. Where can people find out more about you and what you're up to and being a part of it? Yes, um, they can go on www.ceremonymeditation.com. Um, our website has all our workshops, has our um, has our um, teacher training for program for next year, our Costa Rica retreat. Um, We're also doing like a prayer uh, next Thursday for the Amazon. We're doing a ritual for that. And um, mostly Instagram though, because Instagram is all of our um, up-to-date announcements, which again is at ceremonymeditation.com. I mean, at ceremonymeditation. Okay, perfect. And I will um, link all of that in the show notes for everybody who's listening. I highly recommend that you follow them and check out what they're up to. Um, You know, they also post about their their various teachers um, that they have in in the space on their Instagram account. And they're all such beautiful healers and teachers. So check out all of them. And if you live in LA or ever visiting the LA area, make sure you make time to go because it is just such a special and magical space that you you have to really see and feel for yourself (laughs) oh thank you so much yeah okay and I love to ask all my guests um 
besides everything that we've talked about today, so Reiki and ritual and energy healing, what is one other wellness habit that you swear by or can't live without? I love my bath salts, you know, just meditating in the bathtub. You know, um, I like to mix, I, I'm like a total alchemist, but I like to mix like Epsom salt with baking soda because when you're mixing that, that um, raises your vibration and it's also very cleansing. And then I'll put like um, almond oil in it with essential oils with crystals and um, like rose petals and all that stuff. So I like to like make it like you're making a tea or a soup, just like throw in whatever feels right. But I feel like that is a um, process just sitting in the bathtub with my incense lit and a candle allows me to like connect with the water element and, you know, you know, um, have the sage burning and the candle. So kind of like creating my own sacred space, but it's very clearing for, for me and very um, healing for me. So that's my, um, that's my go-to practice. I love that. And it feels so luxurious too. Like you're really creating that special intentional time for yourself. Yes, definitely. And it's just more powerful when you're like, when you know, oh, it's a full moon tomorrow, let me do it the night before. Don't think like, don't break your back trying to do everything on a full moon or a new moon. Just know that the energy is, um, comes, is potent five days before and five days after. So, I mean, you feel the effects of it before. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for, for sharing your story and sharing some of these practices um, with everybody who's listening. And um, this was such a beautiful, beautiful conversation, and we'll have to continue it for yes, sure. Yes, thank, thank you so much for having me and sharing the journey and sharing the story. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, and for everybody who's listening, again, make sure you go and follow Ceremony Meditation. And as always, until next time, have a happy, healthy, and magical day.